people often create a coaching business around what they think people need rather than what they actually want, all right? And there's a big difference. If you try and sell someone what they need, they might need it, but they will never buy it because they don't want it. We have to create a positioning around what people want and then give them what they need. So I say, sell them what they want, then give them what they need. Don't sell them what they need because they don't want it. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. And this episode is going to be very, very specific for some of you listeners. And the reason I wanted to make sure we cover this topic is it is one of the most common issues that I address when people start working with me, are looking for some advice from me, especially when it comes to selling. And it's for those of you who are just getting started. And where do you need to get started? Especially if you're going to be a coach, a consultant, a service provider, who's just getting started in business. See, we've been seeing that the great resignation is in full effect in America. That ripple is happening around the world. And a lot of us are actually making shifts from working within an organization to working by ourselves. And as much as we can have a service that we deliver that is fantastic, we can have all of the packaging around how we actually deliver transformation and really solve problems for organization. None of that matters if you can't get that product into the hands of the client. And so the man that I'm going to bring to you today is someone who is an expert at training people at getting started and building not their coaching practice, although that is one of the things that he builds, but the biggest insights I've been getting from this man is the business around your coaching practice, which is so important. And this is really what we're going to be talking about today is for you who wants to get started. We're going to see what are the myths, what are the facts, and what are the steps for you to get started with confidence. And the man that I'm bringing you to discuss this is Lewis Raymond Taylor. Now I've had a chance to actually teach a course and share a stage with this man here in Bali, while we were actually helping people develop their online courses. And what he's been doing is actually inspiring people who are making that transition into the world of entrepreneurship to do it more effectively and with less struggle. Now he has an interesting past where he's actually went through some difficult stages in his life that we're actually going to be able to dig deeper into today, but has personally had his experience with a coach that has put him back on his feet and now is building the organization, the Coaching Masters, which is looking to build the practice that really enables people to make that shift. He's had millions of dollars generated by all of the people that he's brought into the coaching world. He has over 800 coaches that he has qualified and his business is growing rapidly. I'm so excited to have him join us today. Lewis, welcome to the show. What an introduction. Thanks so much for having me. Really, really appreciate it. And yeah, looking forward to diving deep into this topic today because it's much needed. Yeah, now the online world is sort of booming. There's all sorts of different people with different messages telling you the next thing that you need to do in order to get that miraculous client when really it's pretty painfully simple, but you got to get your boots on the ground and start with the fundamentals, which I'm looking forward to just, you know, going back to basics and just sharing what you actually need to do to get those first couple of clients, you know. I mean, you're hitting the nail right on the head there. It seems overwhelming. And the pandemic certainly accelerated things where people are like, hey, I'm tired of my work. I want to explore something new. I need to work from home. What's a practice I could do? Coaching in itself is a practice that has a lot of value. And before we even get into the business, 
I'd love to dig into your story into why you decided to build this practice around certifying coaching, because I know that coaching has been a big part in your own life, your own development, and quite frankly, your big transformation. And I'd love to start there. Well, I know your episodes are typically around half an hour and we're sort of three minutes in already. And I've got to share my story is going to be tough, but I'll try and give you the kind of a short summary of it. So yeah, when I was younger, I had an alcoholic abusive father, bit of a cliche when it comes down to the whole rags to riches story, but it is my story. And, you know, it, it was difficult growing up. So I got into a lot of trouble. I went to prison three different times. I had three different mental health diagnoses, suicide attempt, bereavement, trauma, sexual abuse. So literally, I think the whole list of adversity that you could possibly come up with, I've ticked them all off the list. And I used it as an excuse not to do much for a long time. And then I landed in prison for the third time at the age of 25 years old. And I kind of just realized that if I wanted my life to change, I had to change myself. And it's the most simple shift. But I just, for some reason, was playing the blame game up until that point. I was looking at everything and everyone around me for why my life was the way it was. Never really took responsibility and yeah, just refused to do anything about it. And I kind of had that shift that I needed to change myself because I tried to change things around me and, you know, do things a little bit differently. But I'd never really looked at myself and the person I was and how I could maybe do things differently in terms of the person that I was. So I went, you know, to cut a long story short, I went on a huge transformation. So I changed my life actually in prison. So I served an 18-month sentence and I did half. So I did nine months behind the door. And I used that as an opportunity to get into the gym, to do some basic maths and English qualifications, to read, to get into a routine, and just really map out what I wanted to do with my life. And I left prison, which is jail for the people across the pond, or incarceration, I think we call it all sorts of different words. We call it prison. And yeah, I spent nine months in prison, then came out and did six months full intensive rehabilitation for drug and alcohol issues. Because I was a drug addict and an alcoholic at this point. I was having epileptic seizures. I was overdosing. Yeah, I was getting into all sorts of trouble and fights, which is why I kept on ending up in prison. And I went through six months rehabilitation and my mind was just blown. Like they just shared with me so many things about myself because I thought they were going to teach me how to not drink or not take drugs when really they taught me to break down the person I was and rebuild it in a way that wasn't going to need those drinking drugs. And I just had my mind blown by counsellors and psychotherapists and psychiatrists. You know, I had a very extensive six months fully intensive period where I wasn't allowed to leave. It was like another prison. And my mind was open to the world of personal development and what was possible because I could see myself moving forward. And since then, I've been a bit of a personal development junkie looking for that next thing, you know, looking for the next coach or mentor or therapy to dig into. And I've just gone from strength to strength, week by week, month by month, and there's no looking back now, you know. And on that journey, I had this compelling drive to share it with others because I just thought, wow, you know, you hear it a lot when people say, if I can change, anyone can change. But usually people say that and, they're, you know, you think, well, actually, it's not really much. Probably quite easy to change based on that scenario. But I was actually that, wow, I never thought it was going to change. I thought if I was lucky, I might be able to change my behavior and the circle of friends I'm around. I never thought I could change the person I was. I thought I was inherently bad. And I did. So I was like, wow, I need to share this. So I started helping people. And I didn't even know what a coach was. And I just started helping people, meeting up with them in Costa Coffee, which is a coffee shop in the UK, helping people. And I realized I had a knack for it. You know, within six weeks, I was helping these people in coffee shops and they were getting great results. And I thought, wow, everything that I've learned in rehab, I also did Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous every single day for months. And I saw these relapses and I saw this denial and I heard everyone's story. And I sat around in the circle in a church hall every night and listened to everyone's pain and emotion and suffering. And I just absorbed it all. And it gave me a really solid foundation of how people actually work. 
And I started helping people, getting great results. And to be completely honest with you, I thought, hmm, I can make some money out of this. <laughs> so I thought, you know, why not? Why not turn this into a business? And at first, my goal was to create like a community of people. And that didn't work so well at first. So I went and started helping people individually, one-on-one, getting my boots on the ground. And this is what I'm really looking forward to talking about because I've been grafting 14-hour days for the last six years, right? And I haven't stopped. And there's no... I'm sure you've heard this many a times on this podcast. There is no overnight success. There is no magic formula. There is no get quick rich pill that you can take. You've got to graft. I'm not the most intelligent guy in the world. I think I've got a lot available to me, you know, and in terms of potential, but I've got no education. I'm not a mad marketing genius. I've just gone out there and I've made a ton of mistakes. And as cliche as it sounds, but you know what? The stuff that you keep on hearing typically is the stuff that's, you know, quite true for a lot of people. But I've just gone out there and made mistakes and worked out what works and worked out what didn't and just helped people and just refined and evolved and tweaked and changed and moved forward every single time until I can't even comprehend what I've done now, to be honest. Sometimes I look at it and I go, no fucking way. How have I been able to do that? So yeah, that's my story. I mean, obviously to where I am now, you know, living in Bali, speaking on stages around the world, got a community of thousands of people, loads of staff members making millions of dollars and all that sort of fun stuff. But it's just come from some good old-fashioned hard work and getting my boots on the ground, which I don't know if it's a term you've heard before. You never, I never know where terms and sayings come from and if they're internationally congruent. But boots on the ground to me means almost like a, some sort of person in the military. You know, if you're going to take someone into war, you know, you're going to need to know how to get your boots on the ground, how to get down and dirty and how to actually do this stuff, get in the trenches, do the hard work. Because so many people are looking to scale up on ads or hire a team or build an app, thinking that's the thing that's going to make them a billion. But really, how can you take a team into something you don't understand? Just like how could you take a team of people in the military into war if you've never been to war yourself, you know? How can you scale up an app if you don't know the basics of technology? How can you scale up ad spend if you don't even know what your message is or what graphics to use or how to resonate with your audience? So you've got to get down on the ground and you've got to go and get your boots dirty before you can take the next step. So a little introduction there. I did it in six minutes anyway. I hope that was good. (laughs) You're not on a timer though. We can go as long as we need to go because so far we're having such a good time. And what I personally like is even as we're going through your own story, you're lacing in some amazing insights that people should be able to pick up on. A couple of things that I wanted to highlight from what your introduction was. First off, congratulations. Like that's such an amazing journey you've been on. And I even get a chance to benefit from your journey because you've opened up a cafe out here in Bali that I get to enjoy work from sometimes. For those of you who are in Bali, you might be visiting Cafe Coach. It's a fantastic institution. Great meals. I love the labeling for all the meals there. They're so relevant and very personal growth oriented. But one of the things I wanted to maybe start from is just this idea that you actually dove into personal growth. You've built a business around it. You make money from it. And this is what I like about this industry is that you can actually monetize on doing something that has a positive outcome. And a lot of things that I speak about around selling with love is just understanding that you don't need to be a martyr to be helpful. You can be successful, you can build a business. And if you can do this while doing good, it's so much better than making money doing bad. And so it's so weird that we have this resistance around it. And I know this is a big block that you help a lot of coaches with that I know are very resistant to the idea of selling. It just comes with so many blocks. And so I love that you were able to overcome that, do that. And I think the fact that you've done the work as a student who went through the practice itself, you've been coached, you've been helped, you've had your transformation, I think gives you the understanding of the value that it provides that might 
not be as aware for most people who are getting into coaching. So I think from a full spectrum, you've went getting your boots on the ground, as you mentioned, from being a student, from being a teacher to a one-on-one -on -one and growing. And so let's start there. We've talked about how you got to get these boots on the ground. And when someone is looking to start their business, they've decided and they've harnessed a craft that they've realized I can help people. I can coach people. I need to make a business out of this. What are some of the first things that they should be thinking about before going into these crazy scale up, build a team, run ads type of insights that make it feel overwhelming. So I created a model called the six A's and the six A's is a framework of having all the pieces you need in order for it to work. Because although you have to start somewhere and that's important, it kind of, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And there's a foundation of things that come together in order for you to in my opinion, be successful. The good thing about these six A's though is they are scalable. They're fundamental principles, almost like pillars that you can build on top of and grow. And I'll explain, because the six A's that I used when I first started my coaching business are the same six A's I use today, but I just do them in a much more scaled up and aggressive way. So the first one, and you know, you've had a lot of people on this podcast, similar topics. So interrupt me if I'm like, oh God, we've spoken about that three times already, because a lot of this stuff is going to be, you know, in my mind, quite normal marketing stuff, but you never really know what is normal in terms of your own internal representation. <laughs> well, I will say I would never interrupt someone from going over the foundations that we often skip. And so I would say go forth with confidence because these are the foundations we need. Good. Okay, cool. So the first stage is accuracy. And this is essentially understanding exactly how you can help people. And it is that dreaded niche. And the reason why I say dreaded is because people hate the idea of niching because they think they're going to restrict themselves. They think they're going to pick the wrong niche. They doubt themselves and if they can actually serve that person. And there's just so much fear because it's so specific and they can actually almost see the outcome that they kind of want to keep it broad just so they don't have to understand what's going on. So anyway, I don't, I'm not going to call it niche. I'm going to call it being accurate because niche is one part. You know, and I always tell people to niche down into two areas. One, the topic that you're going to be helping people with, if it's coaching. So that might be confidence, fulfillment, spirituality, lifestyle, confidence, all sorts of different areas so that you can become really good at supporting people in that topic. But then the other form of niche I tell people to understand is who it's for. You know, the actual audience, that's a niche in itself because you could help an 18-year-old boy who's just left college with confidence, or you could help a 60-year-old woman who's recently had her children move out of her house and she's got emptiness syndrome and she's, she wants to move into a different direction in life and she's got low confidence. They are two entirely different people and you couldn't support them in the same way. So not only does it help you become really good at what you do, which is going to help your business, but also it allows your marketing messaging to be accurate. And the thing is, with the growth of the online world now, there's a lot of people offering the same stuff and not everyone can deliver results in the area that they're saying they can. So if you keep it broad, you're going to fall into this sea of it might work. Clients are going to look at you and think it could work, but they're always going to have to take a gamble because it's so broad. The moment you can reach out to someone and say, I help people exactly like you break down the exact pain that you've got get to the exact outcome you're looking to achieve. And look at all my testimonies. They're all people exactly like you with the exact result you've got. Until you can do that, people are always having to take a gamble with you. But if you are accurate, you can create certainty. And if you create certainty, then people are going to understand that you can help them. If they think that you can help them, they'll be prepared to invest their money with you. So I would say the first stage is accuracy, getting crystal clear on who you are, who you serve, how you fit within the market, what pain you solve, what outcome you meet for people, what specific vehicle you use to bridge 
the gap between the pain and the outcome. And then keep everything congruent from a social media footprint point of view. Please keep it accurate. I see so many coaches that are fulfillment coaches on Facebook and a mindset coach on Instagram. And I'm like, hang on a minute, that is not accurate. You know, imagine going to a brain surgeon, wanting to get your brain sort of looked after, and then you went onto his Instagram account and he was a plumber. You'd be quite concerned. You know, we have to be keeping it so accurate. First of all, people are looking for that reason to say no into a coach. They're scared. They want to work on themselves, but the proposition of working on themselves and setting the goals and being held accountable is daunting. So they're looking for every little excuse that they can use to say, that's not for me. That's not right. I don't think that will work. Keeping it broad is the biggest way to allow that person to make that excuse. But the moment it's specific and accurate and congruent and everything is singing that thing from the rooftops, then that person can actually say, I actually think this person might better help someone like me. Because the thing is, people have got this really weird thing where they feel like they're different from everybody else. I don't know what it is, but they'll always say, that would work for them, but it wouldn't work for me. And that's why keeping it specific is so important because then they go, ah, maybe that is for someone like me. So anyway, first stage, accuracy. Well, I'm glad we stressed on that because I think it's one of the most important ones, the most overlooked one. Like you say, we skip it, but this is one of the foundations to go for. But I'd be curious to know for someone who is unsure, you talk about finding that niche, it's a dreaded niche. You gotta go and like, do we just say, all right, I'm just gonna go choose this, I feel, or just like do it randomly? Or do you choose like, I know a lot of times it'll be like, oh, it's kind of like me before my transformation, like a younger version of myself, or what are some other methodologies? I've got three very simple way of doing it. So remember, there's two parts of this niche. There's the topic, i.e. what you're gonna deliver, and the audience, who it's for. And you have to answer the questions in both stages because they will be different. But first of all, it needs to be and it's interesting, actually, so I love, right? the first stage is love, right? So I say, what do you love to talk about? What is your passion? What do you talk to your friends about over coffee? And you realize three hours have gone past. That's kind of the topic that you want to go for, because this is going to be your life occupation. This is going to be what you research. This is what going to, you talk about. This is going to be what you deliver in your sessions. So you want to make sure that you're actually enjoying that conversation. Otherwise, subconsciously, if you don't enjoy it so much, you're going to be resistant to the education. You're going to be sabotaging sales calls. You're going to be not looking forward to your coaching sessions. And that's not going to create the right energy to build a business. So find something you love and also a type of person that you love spending time with, you know, or would like to spend time with. If there's a type of person that you particularly gel well with, you might really love to brush shoulders with entrepreneurs or you might love to just have that you know, chat with the mums down, you know, after school, you know, whatever that kind of group is that you feel, you know, very energetic towards and you feel like you could easily converse with, that's a good audience of people. Diving into that a little bit more specifically with the audience, I really always recommend someone goes for an identifiable characteristic, something that has a label, because I see so many people going broad with the audience and they say something like professional women or middle-aged men or something like that. And it's just... It's not enough for someone to say, that's me. And it was interesting because we both live in Bali, you would know Body Factory. I was sitting in a jacuzzi in Body Factory and I was talking to someone about their niche, funnily enough. It, and this is what happens when you find your passion, by the way. You talk about it all the time. You can't help it. I talk about niches in a jacuzzi. So I was, speak <laughs> I was speaking about a niche and we was having this conversation and he kind of had this epiphany that he wanted to help creatives. And that's an identifiable characteristic. Now, the moment he said that, do you know what the funniest thing was? A woman walked over, sat down to us in the jacuzzi and said, I'm a creative, what are we talking about? 
And I just thought that is the most powerful example of attracting somebody by calling out the characteristics and the identity that they hold. You need to be able to be so specific that that person goes, yeah, that's me. So when you're looking for that audience, try and make it a label. So a yoga teacher, a mum with autistic children, a professor, a cyclist, a doctor, a CEO, something that's like so easy because also it makes it so much easier from a social media perspective. You can type them in to LinkedIn. You can find the Facebook groups they're in. You can run ads to them because there's interest ad sets for those people. Because I see so many people like, where do I find clients? And I say, well, you can't just find clients. You need to find a group of people. <laughs> so you need to have a label to it. Anyway, so it's love. The next one is what do you have some kind of experience with? It doesn't need to be personally, but how can you show that you've been on some sort of journey that makes sense as to why you help those people? It could be either you've been through a similar thing, you was one of those people, you're very passionate about that topic, or maybe you have a partner that's that. For example, you could be a stress management coach for CEOs. You might not be a CEO, and you don't have to be, because your topic is stress management. The person just so happens to be a CEO. But how can you create a story and a journey around the fact you know, that you help those people? And it could be that your husband was a CEO for 30 years and you live with him and you know exactly what he's like inside and out and you know the pains that he faced and the way to support him. So some kind of experience with it. And then the final one is what's going to pay you the bills, you know, what's going to pay the bills and what's going to bring money in because we don't want to be picking niches that are passion projects at this stage. Passion projects are for once you've got money and resources and you can use that to invest into those more passion-led projects like helping the children and the drug addicts, those kind of things. We need to find someone that's going to easily invest and there's demand in the industry and there's a pain there that needs to be solved. So long answer, sorry for, it's a lot of content to cover. Oh, it is fantastic. I think everybody on the call here is getting exactly what they need. And I'm glad you touched on the last point because I deal with a lot of coaches myself that I help through. And this is one of the more frustrating things that they face is they have these demographics that they want to help. There are some specific people. They're like, these people really need the help, but they're not in a position to be able to afford their services. And to me, I always say, if you can find the people that can pay for your service, you can grow your business, then you can have these passion projects, as you mentioned, that can reach out and help these people for free. But at least you know that you're building a business first and putting on your own oxygen mask so that you can grow. And now your impact's gonna be more than if you're just stretching your time with very little resource to help just a couple people, you can have a massive impact now. Yeah, and there's a really important point to mention on that as well, actually. On that topic, it's not just necessarily the audience of people that sometimes people go after in the wrong way. It's also the way that they help people. People often create a coaching business around what they think people need rather than what they actually want, all right? And there's a big difference. If you try and sell someone what they need, they might need it, but they will never buy it because they don't want it. We have to sell a business. We have to create a positioning around what people want and then give them what they need. So I say sell them what they want, then give them what they need. Don't sell them what they need because they don't want it. And I'll give you a good example of this. A coach came to me and he said, I'm an authenticity coach. I said, who wakes up one day and goes, fuck me, I need to be more authentic. You know, it's just, they don't do that. And also that's, it's almost triggering to invest into something like that, to actually, <laughs> you know, to see past like, your insecurities and realize you're inauthentic. And what's the actual reason to invest into something like that? And I said, why do you want people to be more authentic? He said, well, if you're more authentic, you can embrace your true self and you can feel more fulfilled. I said, that's what they want. They want fulfillment. Because I see a niche as a bit of a calculation. I see it as they don't want pain and they do want desired outcome. 
And we need to offer the bridge between the pain and the outcome, which I call the vehicle. So the vehicle is the thing that bridges that gap. But a lot of people promote their vehicle, right? And this gets a bit complicated now, but people don't give a shit about the vehicle, right? They don't care how you get them there. They just want to go there. So it's better to not talk so much about the vehicle. That's your methodology. That's your way of helping people. That's your thing that you do to get people where they need to be. But don't build a business around the vehicle. Build a business around the outcome because that's what people are searching for. That's what people need and want. And that's what's going to, you know, give them that emotive factor where they look at it and like that spark goes off in their eyes where they're like, this is what I've been looking for. And that's easier to sell. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love this concept. And it's often what I tell people in my process. I actually say love the process of selling. And this is one of the key things is like if you can tell people and speak the language about what they want, you can give them what they need. I often quote a gentleman who was a copywriter who did a product. This was back in the early 2000s. His name is Chris Haddad. And I quote this example often because I think it's one of the most fascinating examples of what you speak about. The man created a course and I won't tell you what the course is about. I'll tell you what his marketing was about. He would run video ads. I would say, if you've been left by your ex and you're feeling down and you wish they would come back to you, I've created a method that by using psychological triggers, you can text message them where they will fall madly in love with you, regret ever leaving you and desperately ask you to take them back. You will be able to use these standardized methods that will actually work 100% of the time and will be so excited that you will realize that this is all you needed all along. And then people are like, what? I miss my ex. They buy the program. And then they, as they go through the program, it's actually a powerful program on how to get over your ex. And I think this is one of the most incredible, maybe pushed examples of this, but they were able to meet people where they were at and bring them to what they needed. And I think this is one of the most powerful things you can do to be able to guide people to a place where they get the transformation. You just need to speak the language that is necessary for them to understand that they need to walk that path. And I know we've only covered one of these A's in your approaches, but I was going to say, Lewis, I know there's so much more we could talk about, but I think here is already a powerful foundation for people to start. And I was going to say, if people want to go deeper into this journey, what would be the place that they could go in deeper into this world of coaching where they could get more education? I know you have, I believe, a consultation people can do. Can you guide us on what will be the next steps? Absolutely. So we left you hanging unintentionally there, guys. It wasn't like, oh, reveal. I tell you what, Jason, let's give them the first A and then charge them for the other five. <laughs> I just looked at the clock and I'm like, we are rolling. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yes. In terms of how we can help you. So just to give you a bit of an insight to what we do, we help people become coaches and build their own freedom-based online business. So we do everything from the coach training to the business launch to all of the ins and outs of the industry, whether that's to watch demonstrations, whether that's to understand how to grow your social media following or your influence or even the legal side of things. We have what we call a one-stop shop for coaches where you have absolutely everything that you need to get off the ground, even if you're starting from complete scratch. And that's a membership that we offer for $9.99 per month. And there's no cancellation, no minimum term, and you can cancel any time. So if that's something you're interested in learning more about, then <laughs> there is uh, that resource there where we dive into hundreds of hours of training. If you also want to learn more free stuff as well, that's also available on our website, thecoachingmasters.com. And there's a free resources tab and there's all sorts of eBooks and masterclasses and YouTubes and podcasts and all sorts of things to dive into that in a little bit more detail as well. So I hope that will help answer the other five. <laughs> 
Well, I'll say for everybody here, I'm going to put a link to the show notes. And if you would love to see Lewis come back on the show and maybe go deeper into these approach, we did run out of time here, but I would also put a link to the sellingwithlove.com, which is where you can find this podcast. Leave me a voice note. Tell me what you've appreciated from this episode. You'll see there's a button on the bottom left with a little microphone. You can actually have a conversation with me. And so leave me a voice note. Tell me what you appreciate. And if you would like Lewis to come back, we're probably going to be able to dig into more of these letters. But I think already, Lewis, I just want to thank you for your time because already you talked about all the overwhelm that happens within the coaching industry. And I think when you go back to this foundation, I think this is one of the most important things that are being missed out. Because if you don't even know where you're targeting, what you need to reach, the impact that you want to make, how you're going to make that transformation, how you're going to stand out, I think this first A approach is actually a really good action that people can take. And so I love this. You find out the love is at the center of it. So of course this resonates with me so much, but you want to get clear on what is your methodology? Who are you offering it to? And making sure that you're communicating in a way that it's going to be resonating to what they want and still being able to deliver what they need. Tons of insights were coming in this episode. And of course, show notes are going to be available. You're going to see a link to see more of Lewis's resources so you can go dive deeper. And of course, I would love to hear from each and every one of you. If you want us to go deeper into this topic, this might be a multi-part series. Lewis, you are a wealth of information and it was so good to hear from you and have you on the show. And I can't wait for us to have our next conversation. Thanks so much, Jason. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.